Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, Hunter Till. I'm so glad that I hunted to tune in one more again. This is your Black Music Month. This is your celebration coming to Hunter from We Show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year, the Hunter host, Queen Quet, Chief This Ahead from Nevada. This year, Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that I hunted to tune in one more again to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. This year, thing sponsored by the Gullah Geechee Sea Coalition and things like that. I'm so glad that I hunted Chillin join me one more again for all we broadcast for this year, Black Music Month. Where this year, program, I give upliftment to the living legacy and a pay ancestral homage. So this year evening, we to dedicate this year program to Arthur Conley, who honor Yeti the Snow, a start of we broadcast and things like that, about sweet soul music, as we grind into this year evening discussion, uh, to honor like good music, that Golagichi music, and things like that. Because plenty of time when people are cracking teeth like this year, people not know, say, who we are, we would be from. So put in that time with other rest of people, especially the musical artists that they were in the grind other rest of players, they would start speaking this way. When they sang, they sang this way. So many of the tunes that people are familiar with, like sweet soul music, many of the Motown songs, many of the spirituals even, people have altered so that they sound like I sound now in English, that people did not hear a lot of music recorded specifically in the Gullah Geechee language. So as a result, people are either not familiar with the Gullah Geechee existence at all, or they only think you're Gullah Geechee if they get a hundred to crack your teeth like this or anything like that. So a lot of times when you hear songs today, and like I said, including the spirituals that y'all know we've already had a discussion about this month here on Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio, that... People don't hear our spirituals even sung many times in our mother tongue anymore. And so as a result of that, they are not aware of the true existence of Gullah Geechee culture because when they hear it, they hear just everybody, especially, quote, unquote, the black church singing these songs. 
So they just figure anybody anywhere created these songs and don't realize that the spirituals and their foundation, their point of origin, was in the Gullah Geechee Nation on the Sea Islands in South Carolina. And in particular, a lot of the spirituals that ended up going around the world that have been anglicized and switched to English came from St. Helena Island and John's Island, South Carolina's in particular. And I'll be heading up to John's Island and Seabrook Island this week. So it is very interesting when we start to delve even deeper into the songs that continue to go out after the days of the spirituals from the very same people, born, raised, reared, brought up in Gullah Geechee upbringings that ended up becoming some of the greatest R&B musical artists that people have ever heard. But many times if you ask folks, even a lot of folks who, honey, y'all know y'all been a true of that, that nickel and ting and that ten cent and thing like that, y'all know, in that jukebox and thing. And so there was a time you could put a dime in a jukebox and get at least three songs, then it came to a quarter for three songs or so. And then after a while, you know, the jukeboxes went out. But when you would go ahead and have a jukebox around a place, there was a lot of songs that folks remembered, like the one that played the open tonight. And so people would say, oh, yeah, you know, that's R&B music. Oh, that's so-and-so, you know. And Arthur Conley, interestingly enough, who was the singer of Sweet Soul Music, actually is listed on a number of things that I even found online as just an American soul singer. So, again, when we talk about the spirituals and then we talk about soul, well, the spirituals emitted from the souls of Gullah Geechis. And so when you start getting into soul music, you need to give the actual credit where the credit is due, that you don't have soul music without the spirituals because the spirit gave unction for the spirituals to come from the soul. And then the music got altered as we took it into them juke joints from the bush off and the brush off and the praise house and things like that, into more party dancing music because shouting is not dancing. It's a spiritual movement. But then when you start dancing, that's the party music. So now you get into the soul music that later becomes the rhythm and blues music because you got blues on the one side that's kind of sad and a drone, you know. Soul music is more uplifting get you going and all that, and then you have adding these rhythms into it. So eventually people called it rhythm and blues and meaning the soul music as well as the blues, quote-unquote black music, that now is just being denoted in many people's writings about music around the world, not just in America as American soul music or American music, but still not giving the respect due to the musical genres created by people of African descent, and in particular in this situation, Gullah Geechee musical art forms, such as spirituals. And so Black Music Month is critical for us here in the Gullah Geechee Nation at Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio to not only deal with, in the context of what we started the month with last week, about the economic aspects of the month and why you ought to go on iTunes or if there's still a record store in your area and buy at least one song, if not a whole CD this month, but or an album, because there are record stores that are collectors' record stores for those of us who are DJs that still have turntables, regular turntables, um, that you can actually still buy vinyl albums. And so please make sure to make it a point this month, even if it is to go and see if you can find an original copy of a 45 of Sweet Soul Music, to make sure that you purchase some of the music, because when you purchase it, it draws you. And it draws you out. It draws you up out your seat. It draws you to moving. But let's move people into a knowledge of the background on these singers and these musical styles and the evolution of music as we go forward in time. So that's why tonight when we're talking about do you like good Gullah Geechee music, that sweet Gullah Geechee music, I wanted to give a few points on some people who many of us have danced to over the years and didn't realize we're Gullah Geechee folks, Arthur Connolly included. Yes, the man who sang Sweet Soul Music is a native Gullah Geechee. He was actually born in McIntosh County, Georgia. Now, many of y'all who are from Atlanta are probably saying, no, nah, I thought he was from Atlanta, because he was born here, but then he grew up in Atlanta. He His first recording was back in 1959, and it was with a group called Arthur and the Corvettes. 
they released three different singles. Poor Girl, I Believe in Flossie May. I don't know how much of a hit any of those songs were. If anybody who's listening, y'all know of them songs, or y'all still got the 45 or the 78 version of those songs that you want to tell me that, yeah, those were the jam or whatever, I welcome you to put that in the chat or email me if you listen to this as a download later at G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O. All right, at AOL.com, GoGeeko at AOL.com. And so definitely when you start to talk about sometimes when folks start off their careers, many times we don't know about them then. We don't know about their name until later. So a lot of us don't know about Arthur Conley until he dropped the single, as we would say today, Sweet Soul Music. All right, but this man had a pretty interesting recording career. All right, and Sweet Soul Music didn't come out until 1967, all right? So if you are talking about him starting off with this record label in 1959, I want you to do the math on that. I'm a mathematician, so I can easily do the math, all right? I want you to do the math from 1967 all the way to, from 1959 to 1967, do the math on that. Now, when his group, Arthur and the Corvettes, released their singles, that was in 1963 and 1964. Now, they were with National Recording Company, which was in ATL, Hot Atlanta, at that time. Well, he then, in 1964, moved. He went to another label, which was a Baltimore label called Rujak Records. All right? He then released a song called I'm a Lonely Stranger. Well, Thank God for him being a lonely stranger that met up with somebody else who understood the blues truly from the heart. A man whose name we all know, I got the feeling, Otis Redden. All right, so we got Otis Redden hearing this song called I'm a Lonely Stranger, and God knows I would love to hear if he ever sang this song, I'm a Lonely Stranger. So Otis Redden asked Arthur Connolly to record a new version, all right, because Otis Redding then had Jodas Records, which was his own record label, all right? And so in 1967, when they got together, then they started writing music together. That resulted in a song called Yeah Man. Don't know that one either. Some of y'all might have Yeah Man on 45 or 78. Hook me up if y'all got a link. You know, send it on over. G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. I want to hear these. And y'all who are my Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, if I find anything on YouTube or anything playable on social media, I'll be hooking y'all up so we take this little journey beyond just sweet soul music into some of these other songs and sounds of Arthur Connolly. But interestingly enough, Arthur Connolly and Otis Redding then created this song that is a staple in the gyp joint, staple at Gullah Geechee parties and festival celebrations, especially if I'm on the turntables. Sweet soul music, all right? And so they ended up actually releasing that, not on the Jonas record label that Otis Redding owned, but on Atco. I know a lot of y'all right now, Picturing them Atco labels going around with the little yellow disc in between, or if you remember that little black box that looked almost like a lighter, and you would stick it over that silver piece that stuck up out the turntable and stick it down there, and then you could fit your 45 down and play it, because, you know, your regular albums, the hole was made for that, and the little thing held that. But when you play the 45, you needed these adapters. And so I know y'all can see that Atco label going right on around right now. Well, it was Fame Records that distributed the ADCO uh, thing, and Fame Studio was in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So right on back down here in the South, right on keeping with the South, all right? All of this type of music was evolving out of these dirt roads under these oak trees, 
out there on the edge of the water from the joke joints, which normally wasn't too far down from the praise house and the church. All of these songs evolving from the souls of these men whose names we still remember today, Otis Redding and our own Arthur Lee Connolly, who was actually born on January the 4th in 1946. He ended up passing away back in 2003 on November the 17th, all right? And so his biggest hit of his entire career seemed to have been this 1967 hit, Sweet Soul Music, that we started off with tonight. So we definitely, during Black Music Month, would be remiss if we did not honor someone who left this kind of legacy, even over this one song, all right? It ended up going to the number two position on the U.S. charts and top ten over all of Europe. There have been over one million copies, all right, soul of Sweet Soul Music. Yes, y'all know them gold records? He definitely got one for this. Eventually, Arthur Connolly went to Europe, all right? So if y'all wonder, well, how come we ain't never heard no more music from him? I mean, come on, what's up with that? He was around 1967, and he passed away until 2003. What was going on with him? Well, I know y'all go get you because you know how we do it. And what? And he been one. We we who currently we need to find somebody family. Somebody still in Atlanta. Somebody still in McIntosh County. We need to find them. And if some of y'all are listening, please hit me up because I'd love to meet up with family members and have y'all and go to get your TV. Find out what y'all know about Arthur and what y'all remember. But from what I could find online, he ended up in the 1970s and 1975 around that time going to England. And then even being in Belgium, Amsterdam, Netherlands, and all of that for a few years. And then back in the 80s, he did some other stuff over there. And he was pretty successful in Europe, which is where when a lot of the disco musicians and a lot of the 60s musicians, you think they disappeared off the scene, but you hear, oh, but they're still alive. They are around, and many times they're touring Europe because their music was so big over there, and it got so much respect that they went there, especially because there was still so much segregation and there still is so much racism that many times they could go out of America and go elsewhere and make real money actually doing their performances and live well and have a better quality of life than doing, say, the Chitlin circuit down south. Now, I know some of y'all are saying, did she just say Chitlin? Yes, I did. Yes. The Chitlin circuit was a name that we give to the very small clubs and the joke joints and the hangout spots that were laced all throughout the South that were often places that only people of African descent went to in the evening time to have their parties, you know, enjoy themselves with everybody else. After working in the field all day, which was primarily a lot of the work, some people had a chance to work at the docks and other places like that. They weren't generally having office jobs during that time frame in the 50s, 60s and all of this, but people were starting to get into having, you know, university jobs and office jobs and government jobs and these things, but that was because people had to fight for the right to get in those doors. But even once they did, people would want to get back around their own people. So folks would have house parties and stuff and otherwise go to the joints in the small clubs. Well, this is where people like James Brown and Otis Redding and Sam Cooke and Arthur Connolly, all of these types of performers would have an opportunity to come and be safe also performing and having their own people enjoy their music. They were the ones that truly made their careers over here. But they only got minimal amounts of money because they'd be under a lot of recording contracts with very small labels, fledgling and struggling recording companies. And the real money even today is in concerts and appearances and other residual activities, one might say, from recordings. Those of you who voted for American Idol's Candace, for instance, the average person who ends up making a million dollars from being an American Idol winner does so because of the appearances and the additional contracts. And when I say make a million, I don't necessarily mean that person ends up with a million dollars. I mean that the recording label that's affiliated with American Idol and American Idol's 15% fee and all of this 
all the cumulative amount, the gross amount of the money may come up to a million dollars, but then that 15% fee has to come out. Uncle Sam's going to get this. Otherwise, we got a Lauren Hill situation or a Mary J. Blige situation or a Ronald Isley situation where all these are situations where IRS lets you walk around for a while, do some shows for a while, and then comes and says, hi, 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 you owe us. Um, so we definitely have... These types of things that people need to be aware of happened in the past. People are still dealing with today when we talk about black music, the black economics of it, and where these careers went and why sometimes you think the person's not around, but the person is around, but they're touring in other parts of the world, and that is where they can really make money. So Arthur Connolly's situation was no different than a lot of these artists today. They go around the world doing their concerts because that is where the money is. Now, people like Arthur Conley and Otis Redding and all of them weren't getting commercial endorsements and all that. You were seeing black folks on no TV, no black or white TV back then. But now, as we know, you see people like Jennifer Hudson and others that are doing commercials, and you see them a few times a day on there. Well, that's where they get the big bucks. They get signing contracts, and then they get money from those appearances, even on those products. And so... You have a situation where Arthur Conley's name might not be as well known even in America as it is in Europe because of the work that he continued to go on and on after he left the U.S. Now, interestingly enough, on the Wikipedia page about him, it says that at the beginning of 1980, he had some major performances as Lee Roberts and the Sweaters and the Gazenhoff Paradiso del Megweg. I know you all from Germany. I would love for somebody to be on the line now help me to pronounce this. And the concert Gibbo and was highly successful. At the end of 1980, he moved to the Dutch village of Rouleau. So it's Dutch, actually, and changed his name to Lee Roberts. All right? So he had changed his name, his middle name, and his mother's maiden name. So his mama was a Roberts. Y'all got to get your hair now. His mama been a Roberts. So if y'all are hunting around Atlanta and McIntosh County, Georgia, y'all could ask for Arthur Connolly, but your mama been a Roberts, all right? So Arthur Lee Connolly, really Arthur Lee Roberts, right, with the mama's maiden name. He promoted his new music via his Art Con Productions Company. So, again, he ended up continuing in that industry but doing production, which is what happens when a lot of times you don't see somebody in the front on the stage they're behind because they're now in the studio producing. And that's another way to keep a financial stream coming in by becoming a music producer after being a stage artist. So amongst the bands he promoted was the heavy metal band Shockwave from The Hague. All right? Now, it's interesting because you all would say, well, what ultimately happened to him in 2003? Because he wasn't that old. So why did he pass away? Well, he had intestinal cancer, all right, and he ended up actually being buried over there in a place called Vorden, all right? So he is actually buried in the Netherlands. Now, interestingly enough, um, he did get to release an album uh, featuring Lee Robinson and Sweaters, and the album is entitled Solon. In 1988, so we write back to the soul. He never lost his soul. He never lost the soul music. So even though he was in Europe and doing these other things, even producing different genres, here he was still in the midst of music. Now, when we talk about heavy metal, then you start thinking about hard rock. You start thinking about punk rock. Well, there is also something called Afro-punk. Many of you who are in the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page will see every music month we feature an artist called Tamar Kali. Well, Tamar Kali is actually an Afro-punk artist that is the originator of Gullah Geechee hardcore warrior soul music. She, in fact, is about to hit Germany. So if any of my German listeners are out there, Tamar Kali is on her way to you in the next couple of weeks, around the 20th of this month. She will be appearing in Germany. And she's traveled all over Europe as well because people have an appreciation for Gullah Geechee, the hardcore goddess, Gullah Geechee music, all right? So here it is that she has taken from her traditions and her culture here on St. Helena Island and then transformed the dynamics of that into this musical form, Hardcore Warrior Soul, 
Geechee Goddess Hardcore Warrior Soul Music. And so here it is that you have her in this continuing generation picking up basically where Arthur Connolly left off. And if you are on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, you're on our Twitter feed, you're going to see some of the videos from the interview I did a couple of years back with Tamar Kali, um, and you'll get a chance to see and hear some of her music, as well as we're going to post some of her videos this month on those pages and through our social media so that you all understand that here it is, as I said at the beginning, these are Gullah Geechee artists. These are people with Gullah Geechee roots. But many times we don't know that they are just because they don't crack a teeth like they show when they've been a singing thing like that. And so if any of y'all remember the song Mama used to say since we talk about Europe, if y'all ever remember the interview that Junior first did on Soul Train with the late great Don Cornelius, God bless the dead, y'all probably were shocked as I was when he started talking to Don Cornelius. And he wasn't sounding like the record. He was more like, yes, I'm so glad to be here today. And they were like, whoa, where'd that come from? It came from Europe. It came from England with him bringing the music back in this direction. Well, when we talk about Arthur Connolly, you know, the range of songs that he created over his years were numerous. Um, one of them, y'all remember, Shake, Rattle, and Roll in 1967, uh, that's one of the songs he was part of as well. If y'all say, well, I know I heard his voice on something else, Sweet Soul Music, as he said, with Otis Redding. You know, those are some of the ones that we still get up and move around with. You know, and he has songs like Shingling. You know, now, dang, go to get you for you. I don't know what it is. Shingling. You know, <laughs> and got people out there dancing to those kinds of titles. Well, there was another man along the route that did like Conley did, went up north, made some connections, and then got around the world with his music and with his sound, but who did not live to be very, very old for that matter. And that is someone who we will be honoring this year once again. He is actually in our Gullah Geechee Nation Hall of Fame. And that is James Jameson, okay, legendary funk brother of Motown, James Jameson, is a Gullah Geechee. Now, it's been interesting all month because there has been uh, this whole series of presentations that we have posted things about James Jameson on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, and people were in shock to say, well, he's in the Gullah Geechee Nation Hall of Fame. I didn't know he was Gullah Geechee, but James Jamerson was born also in January. But the 29th of January, at January in 1936, on Edisto Island, South Carolina. And many of you know that last year the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival was actually partially held on Edisto. This year it will be on Hunting Island and St. Helena Islands, and you can go to www dot dot info dot info and in fact you can get tickets already at that location and make sure that when you go to purchase your tickets you can put in GGN fan all right as a discount code so that you can also get a discount off of tickets, and that way we know that these are people who are part of our social networks and who listen to this broadcast that bought tickets. Well, the interesting thing about James Jamerson is that he's in our Hall of Fame and he's in several other Halls of Fame. However, he is not in the South Carolina Hall of Fame, even though he's a native son of South Carolina and of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Now, Edisto Island is also where we have the Edisto National Scenic Byway, and I pray that at some point along that byway we can get a monument of some kind or at least a marker in his honor as well. But we first need to get the state of South Carolina to recognize him. So y'all make sure that you go to the Gullah Geechee Facebook fan pages and click the petition you have, we have up there to sign to make sure to put more pressure on the state of South Carolina to get him recognized in the Hall of Fame because this man has been known for creating bass licks on a guitar that could never, never be duplicated. Some of the greatest of the greats will tell you, they'll say, oh, you know, he's a little strange. But 
that he was the most outstanding musician they had ever seen perform or that they had ever worked with. And so when he worked in Motown, and there's a great documentary about it, Standing in the Shadows of Motown, there's also a book, Standing in the Shadows of Motown, I like to encourage reading, um, that talked a little bit about the Funk Brothers and what actually went on with each of them, and of course includes a little about James Jamerson's life. But when he left Edisto, he moved with his mom to Detroit. So he ended up up in Detroit in 1954, and he had already learned to play the double bass. So he would go out with the double bass, and he started playing in the blues and the jazz club. So there we go again, hitting them juke joints and, and what I call juke joint north, you know, in them clubs up there, the bars and stuff up in the cities. So now when he continued going to these nightclubs, he started getting a reputation for the way that he played. So eventually he had an opportunity to go by Hitsville, USA. That's the place that Barry Gordy established for all the music to be produced out of. That was the studio for the Motown recording label. So he started working there, and eventually the guys that were there, they were so funky, you know, make it funky, right, that they started getting the name the Funk Brothers. All right, so with the Funk Brothers being put together, James Jameson was an original Funk Brother. All right? He was on the early songs where the double bass is actually played. And then in 1960s, he started playing a Fender Precision Electric bass on many of the songs that we all are used to that come out of Motown. And so here it is that he was on the record label that all of us know. No matter how old we are, you could be listening right now to Queen. But you know, I've been around when they first y'all was all listening to all of that, or y'all. But y'all say, but my mama them used to play that Motown all the time. My grandmama them used to play that Motown all the time. Well, the next time you let them know, look y'all. Back in the background, thing like that, that, that thing come from We Course and thing like that because they going true Jamaican and up yonder. All right, and so. You have songs that he was part of, like we gonna go back to the juke joint right quick. Shotgun, shoot him for you, run now. Yeah, y'all up and ready doing that that shotgun motion, ain't you? I know that. Junior um, <laughs> walking the all stars, another one we love down here, still play it all the time. Then you know, for once in my life. I'm someone who needs me. Yeah, Mr. Stevie Wonder. Steven Wonder. Yes, he was on songs with him, too. For once in my life, I was made to love her. All of those different songs he played on. And then, going to a go-go, come on, y'all now. Going to a go-go, everybody. Right, yeah, Smokey Robinson, The Miracles. Going to a go-go, then, my girl, my girl. Yeah, with the Temptations, talking about my girl. Dancing in the street with Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. And I heard it through the grapevine by Gladys Knight and the Pips. All of these songs he was on. And then it continued on even with Marvin Gaye on What's Going On album, Reach Out, I'll Be There. It was on that song Bernadette by the Four Tops. You can't hurry love with the Supremes. All of these songs had that bass line on it. And I know y'all like rushing through your iTunes or running to the turntable right now, dusting off bone smoke off the vinyl and everything, trying to put them songs on so you can now just listen to the background music. Don't dance and stop singing so loud. Listen to the background music. And y'all will hear our homeboy, the legendary, the late, the great James Jamerson. Gullah Geechee Anointed Spirit that is part of the Gullah Geechee Hall of Fame, who we will be honoring this year. His uh, cousin, Anthony McKnight, has been leading the charge, and God willing, before the month is over, we'll have Anthony on the airwaves here to talk more about the petitioning towards South Carolina to get James Jameson recognized by the South Carolina Hall of Fame. But he definitely is an outstanding person that when we talk about a legacy of music and good, sweet soul music, Gullah Geechee music, we cannot leave out people like James Jamison, who passed away on August the 2nd of 1983. 
All right, and we know you had a lot of different things going on, a lot of different issues happening. Um, but yes, he did pass away back in 1983. So Arthur Connolly survived him by 20 years, actually. Um, so it was interesting to find the overlap in time with both of these men, but to only find out after all of this time that all of these recording artists that we've jammed to, that we've listened to, that we've appreciated, you know, in the evening time after you come and just want to relax a minute just with your folks, that these were the men that were from this soul and this soil of the Gullah Geechee Nation. And that is why they carried that soul of our soil through this musical genre that is called soul music, that is called R&B, all right, and that they took it around the world. And that even at this moment, somewhere in the world, even if it's through YouTube or iTunes, somebody is jamming to the sweet soul music, the Motown sound that they managed to create. But how many Gullah Geechee musical schools are teaching this? How many people are learning this in the classroom or in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, or Florida history that these are Gullah Geechee musical artists? It is very similar to the same situation that has taken place with folks like someone who was a true a true person we just loved. We, we were talking about him yesterday, Joe Frazier, um, who is a native of Beaufort County, South Carolina, uh, that... Philadelphia took ownership of the way James Jamison was taking ownership of in Detroit and people probably take some level of ownership of Arthur Connolly in Atlanta, Georgia but more so of course in Europe where he really really made his mark but here it is that once you finish doing what your body is able to do and you lay down to rest many will forget your name and not remember all of the trails that you blazed so that somebody else could come through and walk a clear path. But these men did that. And here it is that just like South Carolina history doesn't teach people about Joe Frazier and the city of Philadelphia, as far as Joe Frazier was the heavyweight champion of the world, wanted him to run out there and be announced that he was Joe Frazier of Philadelphia, not Joe Frazier of Burton, South Carolina, or Joe Frazier of Beaufort County, South Carolina, or Gullah Geechee, Joe Frazier, or anything like that. They wanted his name to carry their legacy of their city, but then they turned around and put Rocky, the fictional boxer, in Philadelphia as a statue and a monument, and there's nothing there. They haven't even taken Joe Frazier's gym and made it a historic monument in the city of Philadelphia yet. We may need to petition that before we hear of some destruction and redevelopment of that building, stripping his name off. But tonight, the same way those letters are etched into Joe Frazier's boxing arena in Philadelphia is the way I was hoping that tonight in your soul would be etched the names of Arthur Connolly and James Jameson, because as we celebrate Black Music Month, and for us, and especially for me, I'm just like music, like Marvin Gaye said, so it's a celebration every day for me. If I'm not singing, I'm dancing to somebody else's song. Most likely I'm singing and I'm dancing. I'm not too big on instrumentals. There are very few instrumentals that I just truly love and took to heart over the years. I love music and I, I enjoy hearing instrumentals, but as a writer I will often create words in my head even to that song as I hear it, even in the midst of me swirling around in a dance. And so I I would not be able to continue to simply dance if I ignored this National Celebration Month and did not take the time to use our radio airwaves to not just broadcast music, but to broadcast the truth of who is behind the music and to give honor to those Gullah Geechis of McIntosh County, Georgia, who are still holding it down with holding on to their land and their traditions, and to honor those Gullah Geechee's on Edisto Island who have not sold out and have held on to their land and all of our supporters because in these places and these spaces, we need to ensure that people recognize that when they do go to McIntosh County, Georgia, they come to Edisto Island, South Carolina, and they see the dirt road. That dirt got a lot to do with that beat and how sweet it is that it went into this music. 
and that it was there for the 78s, the 45s, and the 33, all right, that we played when we for sure didn't that to join anything like that with it just be just a we. And we be still to this moment, Gullagichi, anointed people. And the anointing and blessing of music and sound was definitely on Arthur Connolly and James Jameson. So when I ask you again, do you like good music? Don't just think of the sweet soul music, but think of some Gullah Geechee sweet music. And that's the kind of music that we would definitely have this first weekend in August as every year at the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival. Make sure you all go to info and check out the listing of folks that are going to be there and make sure you are there for the dedication that we're going to have in our announcement of the location for James Jamison Days, which will be held in Charleston County September the 21st of this year. So definitely we are going to be celebrating who we be. And this is about emancipation in the Gullah Geechee Nation. And part of emancipation is emancipating our minds and recognizing the fact that there has been and will always be a creative element within us as African people. And that has been part of our mechanism of survival. And so it is always wonderful to come to these airways and be able to share some of this gold with you. Sister Roslyn, who's in the chat room tonight, yeah, I sang just a little bit of a couple jams for you. I hope that little taste was enough. But I know through this phone line over to y'all, it don't come out clear like if I was standing in front of a Sennheiser microphone for you or a Shure microphone and y'all could really hear me blowing no mic at all. But I definitely appreciate the request uh, for me to sing some of these songs that I'm up in here jamming. Now, you know when I get off this air with y'all, I'm going to be jamming again and slamming on Facebook uh, with my gully get your friends and fans though you know that so i appreciate that and definitely my my boy brother elijah's in the house um and made the statement land ownership is king land ownership is key i would definitely say and so land ownership and having a place and a space wherein we can celebrate just who we be is critical and that's where those bush arbors and those brush arbors were our place and our space where we could reunite and in the spirit connect and reconnect and hold up one another. That is how when we started owning the juke joints and had the Chitlin Circuit places, people wanted to now navigate our artists away from us and get them into their clubs and get them on their stages and give them more money and then you have to go to a concert hall to see them and then a lot of people couldn't afford to go to no concert hall. So as Brother Kwame Shabo and Mobile Productions and I would talk about last night, that's when folks try to sneak off a little bit and get back to their own people and do some gigs on the Side, you know, and nowadays folks want to sue folks for doing stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, whether Candace Glover will be at our festival. I said, I hope she can sneak off to do so because she'll actually be in North Charleston Coliseum on the Monday. Our festival is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So she booked the concert American Idol will be in Charleston on Monday. So no conflict, no hurt, no no harm, no foul, and we intend to be up there to support her. But we definitely appreciate it if she could sneak off under the oak tree right jump on St. Helen Island and get up on the stage and sing a lead while with the rest of we. But definitely we also have a wonderful group this year called Soul Power that's going to be there. And these artists are coming and giving of their souls to make sure this event is a success. And that's what has happened in terms of our community. The economic aspect has to be a shared economic aspect. And our artists were able to do that when they could work freely, wherein once they get under contracts, they are bound by these contracts that often don't allow them to even do engagements at even their own home church or different things like that because they still owe somebody that 15% you know, if they go and do another gig. So, again, um, just as has been mentioned here in the chat room, yes, Huff and Gamble were before their time when they started looking at the economic aspects of marketing their own music. And that's why with the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival, all of our artists that present, if they have a CD or they have a DVD, it is there for sale for you to purchase from them directly and get their autographs directly from them. So we definitely want y'all to be well aware that when you hear somebody made a million or sold a million, they sold it for a record label. But now how much did they get to take home becomes an issue of the taxes being taken off the top. 
and issued a 15% coming off the top and issued them repaying back those advances that they got, whether the advance was $1,000, $100,000, a million dollars. All that's going to get paid back before they can pay up. So you better keep that in mind, and that's why we need to support our artists, especially when they're doing stuff in these smaller venues. Don't be just so quick to feel like you have to run to the big arena. It's critical that we are right here with one another. And, yes, I agree with you, um, Brother Elijah, that that is sad, but that is a reality, and we need to recognize it, and that's part of why on this broadcast I wanted to mention it. And so if there's some other things in the time that we have remaining, please continue to put your comments and questions in the chat. I definitely welcome Peck Ensemble here again tonight. They will also be at the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival presenting through song, ministering through song. We're looking forward to what Hunter crack your teeth and come out with this year. And definitely me, myself, and the Gullah Connection will be there. And, of course, y'all going to be hearing Gullah Get Down at that event, and we got another song we put together to come on out with it in August for y'all, too. So definitely tonight, if y'all want to come on through on the phone lines, the number is 347-324-3903, 347-324-3903, and definitely I appreciate all of y'all that have been supporting the broadcast and getting us up further and further to this 70,000 listens, and we are pushing through on Gullah Geechee TV, so please make sure to remind Folks, you can download our broadcast and the archived ones onto your iPods and computers from iTunes, and you can always listen to the archive version after this show at this website. So that is blogtalkradio.com slash Gullah Geechee. And remember, Geechee does not have an I in it. It's G-E-E-C-H-E-E, all right? So definitely we appreciate you. And make sure that you go to info to get info on the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival for this year, and you can buy tickets at Eventbrite. Just click the link or go to the event link on Facebook, and you can purchase tickets from there as well. And so it is wonderful. I appreciate it, Sister Rosalind, that you stated we are truly an amazing people, and they are learning about this at the university uh, Madison, okay, University of Wisconsin in Madison, that they're learning about this. I'm glad to hear that. Telling children a thing like that, we want them to come down young and thing like that from way up yonder. We've had a few people visit us at some of our festivals from Wisconsin before, so we hope they're going to come down and also that they're tuning in to the broadcast again. And it's true, I agree, Elijah, we need major media owned by our people that televises this message 24 7, most definitely. And that is why, you know, we are working the channels we have available right now based on the funding we have to have Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio and Gullah Geechee TV and the various other ways that we get the message out. Um, but you definitely are right. You hit that nail square in the head, and I know many people are fans of Michael Baisden, who used to be on radio, and he's been on Facebook talking about how they can't replace him. But definitely I hope that when he says he's going to be making a major comeback, that it would be a station that will allow broadcasts like this, as you said, 24 Seven, because many of the black radio stations have been shut down. Many are going through FCC lawsuits even now. Um, we know that happened with the Gullah Geechee-owned radio station, WPAL, that many of y'all have heard me mention before, and many listeners remember Bob Nichols was on that station, and that was our talk radio station because we could listen to jams and all that, but they also let you know what was going on in the community and where the rallies were and the petitions you needed to sign and, you know, let folks know what really going on and things like that. And so we're trying to keep that going. And fortunately, because of technology, we're not limited to a broadcast zone of the FCC, but that we can actually get around the world with these broadcasts now. And so the black talk thing is being shut down all over the U.S., and, and they only want it to be jokes and laughter and music, and that's because it's now corporate radio. So that's why we're going to get you rhythm radio. You see that we don't often 
announce any sponsors of broadcast because many times when people start sponsoring your broadcast, they want to tell you what you should discuss and what you should not discuss over your airwaves. And so, as you know, this show is not dedicated to this music. It's dedicated to our story and definitely for uplifting to the living legacy and for peer ancestral homage. And so that is critical that we have these channels. And definitely I'm always appreciative when I find a website online that has embedded the radio broadcast or embedded Gullah Geechee TV somewhere over in Germany, somewhere in China, somewhere else in the world that wants their people that go to their websites and their blogs to also know what's going on down here and things like that. And then many of you will notice that if you go to GullahGeecheeNation.com, you will find that there are educational links that come with the Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio broadcast. So most of our broadcasts, ever since we launched a blog at GullahGeecheeNation.com, we also will attach a story that will give you information that goes along with it. And so there will be more information coming up about Arthur Conley and James Jamerson at that site and will also contain the link for the petition to get James Jamerson recognized by the state of South Carolina through the Hall of Fame. And so definitely folks need to know that if they do go directly to the FCC, I know a couple of people are trying to do that right now, and we even know the actual director of the FCC, Mignon, um, that if you do do it, make sure you have a magnifying glass so that you can thoroughly read the fine print on the contract that you're signing and make sure it's very clear and abundantly clear what it is that they attach to your ownership of a radio station because we have someone who is in jeopardy of possibly losing his house because of a lawsuit owning a radio station, wherein they've already taken the station and the land and the building where the station was. They're now trying to come for his house. And so, again, that land ownership is critical, but then having the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding about what it takes and what it means to own it is also an essential part of what we do, especially through our sponsor, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, who educates our people not just about our legacy, but about our land and our rights and how to remain being free. So, Hunter Chiller, thank you, thank you for joining we for one more of this year. This year, the Queen Quit, head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Hunter Chiller, stay free. Enjoy Black Music Month. Thank you. 